Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Heath, uh, the lead pastor here at Reach, and guess what this week is? Thanksgiving! Um, I didn't take a deep dive, but I was like, you know, did a little research on Thanksgiving and um, lots of beliefs on where and when and why we do the things that we do. And uh, the one true thing is no one really knows. Uh, But I think in 1869, it became official here in the U.S. that we celebrate Thanksgiving on this Thursday. Um, And, you know, there's Lots of traditions that come in, um, favorite things that you're going to go. Any diehard um, cranberry sauce in the can, people? So gross. <laughs> Just want to say. We have a big, uh, our family, mostly my uh, uh, brother-in-law, he loves the, you know, when you plop it out and it looks like the can still. Um, anyway, there's lots of traditions that you may have um, that you're looking forward to, um, some that you may not. There are going to be a lot of calories consumed um, on Thanksgiving. I don't know if you know that or not. I heard on the radio this week that the average American adds 5.5 pounds between Thanksgiving and the first of the year. So let's, let's, as a church, let's test that out. Everybody this week, get on the scale, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can be overachievers. Um, uh, and no, if you've, if you've heard me before, I am not going to use the next 40 minutes of my time to convince you that you should consume less calories. Um, although, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I also understand that any holiday um, is potentially a trying time. Uh, one, um, you may not have some of the family members that you had last year. Uh, you may not be able to spend the time with the family that is out of area. Um, and it could be a painful um, time of year. So today, I hope, um, through my text, that we can help prepare both for those moments. Uh, the church should have the greatest reason uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, we have been offered abundant life now and for eternity, um, and we should remember to give thanks. And I, I want to talk about today the reality that it is, a, it is a work to be done, not something just to experience. Not, it's not just going to happen naturally, I, I don't think. Uh, and for those reading uh, the one-year Bible this morning, um, Psalms 118, actually yesterday and I think this morning had this same verse. It starts in verse 1, and I think it's repeated midway through. Um, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. That's the truth and reality of where we are today. And if we're going to experience Thanksgiving, if we're going to learn how to literally give thanks, it has to start at the right place. Let's pray. Uh, Dearly Father, it is by your grace and mercy that, one, we can experience you, that we can know you, that we can have the reality that in spite of what's coming for us on Thursday, a joyous celebration with family or a painful season, 
we can give thanks in you. So, Lord, I pray that you would direct our attention away from the worries, fears, and overwhelming parts of this season, and that, Lord, we've even now begun to prepare our hearts and souls to give thanks. Give thanks that you've offered us life in you, that in spite of our past, you welcome us into your family. And, Lord, I pray that we would embrace that, we would know that, and that out of that, we would be a people that naturally give thanks to you because it's in our heart. Thank you for your steadfast love that endures forever. Let us experience your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to do a um, a section of Colossians today, chapter 3, verses 1. Uh, through 17. And in that, uh, you may see again that there's going to be um, some front end, which I think will lead to why. And at the end of this section, uh, three or four times, he uses the, the verbiage that we should give thanks in all things. So we're going to talk about that and, and deal with the reality of what that looks like. So let's jump in. Verse 1. It says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is no longer our life. And part of the reality, if we're going to learn to give thanks and and live in this world, we have to set our minds on the right place. Because the reality is there's lots of reasons why we could not be thankful. Always. They're always there. It's always a choice. We can look from one side to the other and have things in our life right now that we're like, nope, I can't be happy. Nope, I can't celebrate. And Christ will always be the one that can remedy that for us being his children. Listen to this in Second Corinthians 5, verse 15. It says, and he died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him for their sake died and was raised. Our, our life in Christ isn't about us anymore. And, and sometimes we ruin a lot of thanksgiving that we could give to others because we settle on seeing things that aren't going the way that we want them to go. And honestly, you know, if, if we could remedy this reality and change the view of what we're looking at, our Thursday could be a whole lot different. And I am going to, you know, not to steal the punchline at the end, but um, for us to have a good Thursday where Christ is lifted up and thanksgiving is given by us, it will have to start today. I don't know if y'all saw that, but I felt it laying right in the center of my forehead. Um, that was a fly. It was a fly. Hopefully. Um, not a bee or a mosquito. I can even give thanks for the flies. Um, but it, it is something that we have to prepare ourselves for because if we're not, and we, we introduce ourselves knowing that there's potential tension, you know, I don't know about you guys, um, but family sometimes can be difficult. Like we're, we're traveling, and not that my family's difficult. If you are watching, I love you. Um, but we're going to go to uh, my hometown for a couple of days, and we're going to go from house to house and have two Thanksgiving. Okay, let me just say, I'm eating two Thanksgiving meals on Thursday. 
I probably gained five and a half pounds just on Thursday. Um, but, you know, family are there. You're, you're out of your comfortable environment and you're in this place. And there's lots of things that you could go like, oh, man, they're not making this or they're not having the canned cranberry sauce because there's a shortage and you didn't get it. And we have to prepare ourselves to be grateful because in, I want to say this in all legitimacy. Um, some people, your family specifically, may only see Jesus and Christ through you. And they've been waiting for you to demonstrate who Christ is in you by what you do externally, by how you treat them. And we're going to look at some words where he says we should stop doing these things and we should do others. See, those born of Christ live a different way and they focus on a kingdom that's not here and now. If we want to just be complainers, we just look around and go, yeah. The world isn't, I don't think there's many of us that are like, man, the world is exactly the way I want it. Anybody? No. So there's so many things that we can be just frustrated about when in reality, God is still in control. God is still sovereign and he is working things out for our good. So I'm going to have a very challenging verse here in a little bit that we'll get to. Verse four, it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7, and I love this. In these two, in these you two once walked when you were living in them. And I want to just say, who is welcome into the kingdom? Those people. Look at the list that it just listed. And, and we may go, oh, no, you know, I, I think sometimes Christians have upped a standard that you have to get into the kingdom by living up to this peace. When reality is God will transform those things in you. Man, this fly is going to town. I don't know if I can see it, but I see it. Um, there, thank you, thank you. I'm not just going crazy and maybe I'm seeing things. But these are, that those are the ones that are welcome. Like part of our Thanksgiving can literally be is I was welcomed into a party that I shouldn't have been welcomed into because of me. And I'm still part of a family that has nothing to do with what I did to get into it. Verse 8 says, but now you must put away, put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of our creator. Look, Imagine a family event, doesn't have to be Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, a family event where all of those at the table lived in this place that they've put away all these things. Could could you imagine just for a minute, and and let me just say this, this is how sin deserts, this is how sin distorts our world. Because before sin, there wasn't any of this. We, we didn't have to worry about a family gathering of who's going to say what and who's going to be offended by what. 
But we as Christians should put away these things. I do want to say this. It says, we have to do the work of allowing Jesus to rule our hearts if we want any hope of controlling the words that come out of our mouth. Because if we're not preparing now, we're going to be looking for opportunities to give someone what they deserve. A piece of your mind. Matthew twelve thirty eight. This is Jesus talking um, to one uh, to the rulers, the the religious people of the day, and he calls them "you brood of vipers." How can you speak good when you are evil? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that's the reality. If we're if we're going to work out this reality of living a life of giving thanks, it starts here. It doesn't start with going, okay, Thursday morning, I'm not going to say anything negative. It starts with fixing what's going on in here. There's things in here, and we're going to talk about in just a second, the, the reality of what it looks like for us to walk in forgiveness and live in these places that we can work this properly. Verse 11 says, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or seething, um, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's a cool thing, and I, I do this with communion a lot. Jesus is what makes us family. What wasn't a people has now become a people because of what Jesus has done. And part of our thanksgiving is if you don't have family or they're detached from you or they're not around you, um, you can have family here. And, and hopefully this is what we're trying to create in and through this. Not just like, hey, come here on Sunday morning, you know, hear some great worship and hear the word preached. But we're hoping to create community and family in this group. Verse 12 says, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Put on, meaning that this is not something that comes natural, but something we must work at. So both of these things, they don't just come naturally. We cannot just stop things. We have to put off some things to put on others. So what are you putting on? What are you practicing? This is one of the um, verses I pray over my oldest. I love this verse because it talks about this reality of what it does in us and through us. Listen to this in verse 13. It says, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint about another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. You must forgive. If we're going to be a thankful people, forgiveness has to be a part of it. And some of us right now are struggling with the reality of this is because they don't deserve forgiveness. Well, you didn't either. And the more we vertically realize this reality, we can give this horizontally. And let me just say this, because sometimes we talk about forgiveness and we think, oh, forgiveness just means like, hey, it's all right. It's no big deal. No, forgiveness means that you are 
letting them go from you. It doesn't mean that you just allow them back in your life to do whatever, because I think sometimes we're like, well, you know, as believers, we've got to just let this continue to happen. But no, we have to, on our end, allow forgiveness to be rooted in us. And if that forgiveness isn't rooted in what Christ has done for us, we'll never give what he does. Verse 14 says, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Hmm. Listen to this. First Thessalonians. And this is a this is a hard verse in my, in my opinion. First Thessalonians 518. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How we can be thankful is we can be thankful that, that we serve a God who is sovereignly working out his will and purpose in us, even when we don't feel like it is working to our favor. But when the peace of Christ rules our heart, we naturally get to be thankful to what's going on. Because we can look, even when we cannot see it, that we can be thankful for what we know Christ is doing in us and through us. Remember, this, this, this text was written to a church... Um, it was struggling. All the early churches were in a um, very pagan, very um, um, stressful environment. You know, sometimes I think we nowadays think, man, the Christians have got it tough. And, and, you know, people think about that. No, they were literally persecuted. They were literally taken things from them. They were struggling to have life and we we get to rent a building that's technically owned by our county but is run by a nonprofit, and we get to meet on sunday morning and i get to share the gospel and we get to sing praises to him and this wasn't necessarily so he, he was saying look on this put on love because what will transform our community is our ability to be thankful even in the midst of trials and tribulations, which I think are only going to grow. I don't think the ease of our world and government is going to change based on... I'm not going to say that. Based on any elected official. It just isn't. Because we live in a world that's contrary to Christ. And he's called us to live separated in it, but separated from it, and be thankful and grateful. Praise and thanksgiving is one of the greatest gifts that we can give to those around us, especially our kids. When they get to see us experience life in Christ, even in times of trouble, because they're going to experience times of trouble. Things are going to come against your kids that they need to see you be challenged by and succeed in. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with with thankfulness in your hearts towards God. It's what we do. We, we literally, I think sometimes we, we get up here and we sing the words that are on the screen, but we, we don't sing them. Does that make sense? Like we say them, but we're not singing them. We're not, he, he's saying here, not like just get together and sing some songs. He's like, hey, let these songs be part of what you are. I mean, like we, we don't just do this to have a moment where music is happening and that's what churches do. It's a part of a celebration. It should begin to prepare our hearts for what God wants to do in us and through us. The word of truth needs to be marinating in us. And I, I just want to say, and I say this a lot. And I will be a broken drum over and over again. You need the word in you. You need to be in the word. Because the word will be the thing that constantly brings you back to the place that God wants you to be. Versus what we, because I think the longer we take ourselves out of the word, the more that we remember the word the way we want to remember it. And then we make justifications for how we do the things that we do because we have this vague memory. But when we're in the Word, we get to see it over and over again. And, and for those reading the one-year Bible, um, which I'm going to push again in January. So if you're like, man, he keeps talking about that. What does that mean? In January, you can start with us. We'll read it together. It is literally just reading a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, Psalm Proverb every day. And you know what we're in right now for those reading it? James. You want to you want you want to be just like you want to deal with what real faith is. You want to deal with how your words are and what your tongue means. Um, like James is the book, but we need to be in the Word because we will deceive ourselves, and we need people around us. It's not just letting the Word of God dwell in us, but it's it's this back and forth teaching and admonishing. Like going, oh man, we need to have people in our life that are going to be like, here's, look, look what God, you know, put in me yesterday. Or look what this, this verse I'm struggling with. Let's talk about it. We need that. Verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, uh, giving thanks to to God, the Father through Him. Everything. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks. Let's just, let's just, for a minute. Everything. I think sometimes, and, and hopefully you're hearing enough of this on our Sunday mornings. Um, and we're going to, in January, I'm doing a whole series called Follow the Art of Discipleship. That's what Christ has called us to, to be followers, not participants, not, you know, partakers in the sense that we're there and, and getting, but like following his lead. And he literally wants every part of us to be doing it unto the Lord. Every part of it, not just Sunday morning, not just where you Put yourself on Sunday morning or, or a few times a week when you connect with people. But literally every part of your life, Christ wants access to. Like what would it change in your workplace? What would it change with your spouse? What would it change with your, with your kids? 
that in everything that you do, you're doing it unto the Lord, that you're thanking this. And, and let me just tell you, this is how thanksgiving gets thankfulness gets rooted in us. Because we're no longer just doing it for ourselves. Remember the verse that we read at the beginning? He died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves. And that means every bit of it. And that means we give God access to pieces of our life that we don't want to right now. Some of our inability to give thanks is because we are taking control of areas of our life that God wants access to and we are making a mess of things. So here, here's what I want to do. I want to walk back through some of this and, and talk about a strategy for what it looks like for us to be thankful. Because that's what he wants for us. Because when we live in a place of thankfulness, and it cannot just be verbally. Like we cannot think that our verbal, you know, what we say is going to be thankful if we're not thankful in here. So it takes a practice of internally learning to be thankful I wrote this down before. Whatever you look for, you will find. And confessions and uh, um, of the pastor of this church is I'm kind of a cynical, um, judgmental person. You're like, no way. Yes. I have learned to control my mouth to some extent. Not perfectly. James said if, if you manage that to be perfect, you're, you're, you're great. But whatever you look for, you will find. And some of us have a habit of looking for the things that we want to complain about. And like, uh, husbands and wives, let me, let me just give you some free advice. Free advice. Man, fly. <laughs> Man, my, my small group on Wednesday night, we know all about fighting flies. They, uh, they're brutal in that back room. Let me give you some advice um, that I believe could literally change your marriage. Um, if, if you look for the negative, it'll be there because they're people just like you. They are flawed just like you. And they're going to mis- make mistakes over and over and over again. But if you begin to look for the things that they are doing amazing and the, the reasons why you love them and you cherish them, if you focus your effort and attention there, it'll change the way you interact with them. Free advice. And here, here's the, the beauty of free advice. You can take it or you cannot. But if you continue to focus on the failures of your significant other or even your children. Because I'm really kind of more heartbroken of this because, you know, being a parent, you're always going, man, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, you know, like raise them and, and, and help them and shape them and mold them. And sometimes... For me, it is like picking out the things that they're doing wrong and telling them not to do those things. But as a parent, like if that's all our kids hear, what are they going to feel? What are they going to think? Like, do you even love me? We have to change the way our attention is going and looking because your kids are doing amazing things. They may be doing tons of dumb things. And I'm not saying ignore it and let them catch the house on fire. But if your focus is only on what they're doing wrong and correcting them in that, they'll miss out on the greatest things, gifts that you can give them. 
of seeing things in them and drawing it out, speaking things over. And I'm, I'm so grateful at this point to have kids, one of them that has left my house, that, you know, I get to, you know, the, the, the way we interact with our children changes. I don't know if you noticed this, but like when they don't speak English, you know, they're just grunters. You have to like, you know, whatever. And then they start intellectually speaking, but not fully intellectually speaking. But then they start reasoning. And I don't know, man, I'm the teenager here is hard. Once, once logic hits the argument, it's hard. Because they'll see right through your, like, flawed reasons for doing something. Well, you know, like, when, when my kids started driving, and I would tell them, um, you know, what they're responsible for doing when they're driving, what, t- what speed they should drive, and how they should drive, and how close they would follow, my son would constantly point out to me, well, Dad, how, how, how far over the speed limit do you go? <laughs> Well, Dad, you're you're following a little closer than you told me to follow this person behind, or you know, whatever the thing is, um, it's there, they're, and they're 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 watching, they're they're logically going through that, and so we have to look for things that we can be thankful for them and about them, and we have to not only think that we have to use our voices to communicate it to them. So, how do we bring Thanksgiving back into our lives? If it doesn't start with Christ, it won't last. Because Christ is that vertical relationship that we have with Christ fuels every horizontal relationship that we have. If we're not here receiving, thanking him for what he's doing, it will not spread this way. We'll actually do the reverse. We'll start looking around us for these relationships to do what only this one does for us. Another thing is we have to remember what we're thankful for. And this is something I did like eight months ago. And there's a guy that's visited our church several times, uh, doesn't live in there, here in the area. And it's a practice that he, he, he did for months. And every time he comes here, he's like, I'm still doing it. That I, I challenged the church, I think it was in like May of last, this year. Um, to, you know, each day, five to ten things that you're thankful for. And, and he, it, he, just, he, he was like, man, this is amazing. Because once you start recording and writing these things down, once you begin to see it, you'll see it everywhere. But you have to start today. Like if we're going to change Thursday, because honestly, we should look at Thursday as an opportunity to expand the gospel. We should look at Thursday as an opportunity for us to allow others to see Christ in us. And it has to start before we get there. Because let me just tell you, things aren't going to go well. Someone's going to say something. If you have a politically diverse family, it could get ugly real fast. And you have to prepare yourself. How am I going to interact? How am I going to love people that are different from me? And I believe it starts with us being thankful now, having a daily practice of it. And like everything else, we have to put on and, or take off and put on. There are things in our life that we need to go, man, this isn't good for us and we need to take it off. And there's things that we need and we need to put on those things. And this is partly why we need community. 
This is partly why we need relationships that are going to help us see the reality of what's actually going on for us. And here, I think, is the hardest one. Um, We have to learn to forgive. And I I think um, some people in this room, um, this is just too deep a topic for me to address in these few moments that I'm going to have. I think... I think some of us in this room need to look at what forgiveness looks like biblically and talk about what it looks like for us to not only receive forgiveness from Christ, but learn how to give forgiveness. Because we can't hope to be thankful in our lives if we don't add forgiveness as a component of that. So just forget these other relationships uh, external ones that aren't living in your house that you're going to potentially be around on this Thursday, uh, think about it internally. The most devastating thing that we can allow into our marriages and into our house is unforgiveness to live. Because the reality is, is um, we live in a place that at the beginning, unforgiveness doesn't seem like a big deal. I look at it like this. I've read this in books before. They talk about like that we all have love tanks. We all have these places that we can receive. And uh, I, I um, totally buy into this reality is that unforgiveness goes into that love tank. And it doesn't, until forgiveness comes, it doesn't go away. And it ruins our capacity to receive. And it ruins our capacity to receive in the moment things that could be frustrating. Meaning, most of our um, arguments and fights usually come from an unforgiveness that we're not allowing to work in us. You ever responded to somebody out of something that isn't related to them, but like in that moment they just get what is going on in you? It's because we're allowing unforgiveness to live in us. And I don't think that we can understand forgiveness as we give it to other people, if we don't understand what God has done for us. See, I understand the reality of what God had to do for me. And I'm reminded of it daily. For me to walk in and live in this place that he has forgiven me. And for us, we have to learn how to do this properly. And some of it starts with conversations. I... I, you know, there, there's a great reality that there could be potential things that are right now uh, being brought to your attention. And, and here, here's, here's a truth um, that you can learn to um, pull out of a Sunday morning sermon. Um, I do my best to give you something that I feel like God's put on my heart. Um, but the beauty of it is, is here in this room um, exists the Holy Spirit that is working in spite sometimes of things that I'm saying. And, and, and as I'm talking about things and things are coming to your attention, don't ignore what God the Father wants to do in and through you in these moments. Like when I've mentioned unforgiveness, some of you in this room are probably like, I ain't going to forgive them. Nope, they don't deserve it. Not going to happen. And we have to be very conscious of what's going on inside of us because I think the Holy Spirit is going to speak specifically to individuals. And we have to take what he wants to do and walk into it. 
And some of it starts up front with dealing with what God wants to do in us. Some of us in this room can't understand forgiveness because we won't allow God to give us or receive the forgiveness for us. Because we, we think about our, and we, we, we live in this reality that we don't deserve what he's pouring out. And for us to live in this place that we can give forgiveness, we have to understand what forgiveness looks like. And if you want to have a little extra homework this week, um, if you look up gratitude scriptures, or if you look up verses that have thankful or thankfulness in it, um, I would encourage you to get into the Word this week leading up to Thursday and over and abundantly read those words. I mean, there, there's tons of verses on what it means for us to be thankful. And if we're going to walk out thankfulness, we have to start now. I'm going to end with the same verse that I began with in our introduction. Psalms 118, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. God deserves your thankfulness. And if we'll live in that place, people will get to experience the grateful and thankfulness of our hearts towards God. I'm going to invite our worship team um, back up. People that you're going to interact with this week deserve to see Jesus in and through you. Uh, And that's not going to happen without you embracing the reality of what you can be thankful for in Christ. And some of us, uh, even now, begin to, if you want to see Christ move this week, you need to be praying now. You need to be praying, what can God do through me this year? And prepare yourself for it. Let's pray. God, we want to be people that are thankful and grateful for you. Lord, you have to to get our heart, you have to capture us. Lord, for us to understand what it means to be thankful for anything, we have to first understand what you've done for us. And so, Lord, I just lift up all those in this room that struggle with the reality that you would choose them, that you would love them. They look at their past and and what's going on in their life and, and think to themselves, why would you want me? Lord, you're a God who pursues. You're a God who restores. You're a God who rebuilds. And Lord, for us to understand what that means, we need you. And so Lord, just pray for us, uh, those that are far from you and those that are your children, that we would understand the reality of what you want to do in and through us. That you desire a relationship with us so that you can transform us, so that you can transform those around us. And so Lord, as we prepare for 
um, this national holiday of Thanksgiving, Lord, that we would be people now that are thankful and grateful for the air in our lungs, for the life that you've given us and the freedom that you offer us. Lord, where we have taken you for granted, where we have set you aside, Lord, I pray that today that we would that we would repent of that. That we would let gratefulness invade our lives. Because we realize how good you are and how steadfast and unending your love is for us. So Lord, open our eyes to see the things, uh, Lord, that we can be thankful for. Lord, I pray that we would be people intentionally looking whether it be in our kids, whether it be in our spouses, whether it be in our extended family. Lord, I pray that you would help us look and see all these things that you're doing right now that we can be grateful for. And Lord, one of the greatest things that we can do is be grateful for the future that you will bring us. The hope and the glory that you are bringing to yourself as we surrender. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for showing your love for us on the cross. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.